0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Just really helped me. So you got to deal with that echo. Then I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) It'd be like that sometimes, man. What you gonna do?
1: All right,
2: Eric. Yes, man. How are you?
1: How are you holding?
2: up right now in the in the covid world i'm i'm quarantined i'm not leaving i'm not risking it i am inside how many times have you left the house in the last two months um occasionally for dog walks but i haven't like been inside a store i haven't done anything you just ordered i just it don't want to mess around
0: with it. are you using just services pardon Am I muted? Are you using just the services? I like delivery rule and all those. Uh, i like the grocery, the
2: grocery like the farm fresh to you that has been yeah. great. But I'm not even like doing restaurants, and I'm kind of shocked how much money I've saved. But it's yeah. a lot less fun. I'm so sick of cauliflower. I'm so sick <laughs> of anything and everything I can cook. Have <laughs>
0: you Have you tried cauliflower rice yet? Just no. I'm
2: yeah, in. You just.
0: It's, it's so simple honestly, but it, it changes up all altogether It makes it tricks your brain you just grind it, it out uh, like cheese grater take the head of cauliflower, grind it up oh so bro, I'm so telling you stir fries, everything boom new grain oh I love it it's, 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 it's all food is just you tricking yourself right like,
2: <laughs> especially this age, especially having to eat healthy now it's just constantly tricking myself over yeah. and over and over again. Okay, but
1: on the, on the subject of dog walking, how often are you walking the dogs? Because I So, you, you haven't seen my new place yet, but I am basically ground level, street view, and I sit my couch. I'm like the new neighborhood watch out this bitch. And there are some people who I see, I'm like, your dog, like, there are people with kids who get less walks than some of these people's dogs are getting. Oh, yeah. I mean, this one, this one dude, and he's a UCB guy. I don't know his name. I've never actually talked to him. I've just seen him around. White dude, balding,
0: loud. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
1: He's literally walking by right now. Right he, now.
0: Get the fuck out of here. Right now. That is that's fucking <laughs> funny. <Yeah. laughs> oh you, do, do you know God. the guy that I'm talking
1: about? Do you know the guy I'm talking about? <laughs> no, I know all the guys you're talking about. Just, you just
2: named that. That was your description. It's like one time fit. you and I were messing around recording something, and I told you three things my buddy Craig had said. And you looked at me and said, let me tell you a little bit about your friend, Craig, and tell me if I'm right. And you proceeded to look into this man's soul and nail everything about him based on three things. Craig thinks he's a contrarian, but he's not. Here's why. Like, yeah, I know that I know that used to be a guy who's, well, because it's, you give people an inch. And if they, they, they want to tell their friends, we're only leaving for dog walks. We're yeah. only leaving for dog walks. And for me... It's I feel bad. I'm like not walking my dogs enough and we're playing inside more Hmm. because it's the behavior of people out walking their dogs because people are just no masks, huffing and puffing. There's a certain kind of person that wouldn't make eye contact before in my neighborhood, but now they do this aggressive eye contact. How are you? Like, look how normal everything is. We're out here walking. How are you? I'm like, they never how are you before?
1: I'm definitely doing more like uh like I go out to the edge of the street and do dribbling, like at the very corner by like the freeway. And like every person who walks by, I'm like, Hey, what's up, man? Like like I might not say the words, but I'm like,
0: We're in this together. Yeah, we're in this together. <laughs> we need it, man. We need it. I live just uh south of Griffith. Look at the base of Griffith Park. So I just run up there, solo dolo with the the I got one of those elevation mass things, you know, the The thing that makes it hard to breathe It's actually perfect timing Got it a week before all this happened You just go do that, run down the middle Divider, away from everybody Boom, boom, call it a day Because if I don't want this dog, he'll kill me
2: Oh my god So do you see see People aggressively not doing face coverings Up there and stuff?
0: All the time, but I feel like it's just happened When they laxed up the rules People really have just been saying Fuck it lately Uh, isn't that crazy ladies walking down the street crazy
1: i mean is it crazy though like when this first started i feel like everything i said has come to pass which is a that this is a big social experiment and you can't expect people to to last b that they first said two weeks i was like that's going to be a lie because there's nothing's going to change in two weeks if you keep telling people two weeks eventually it's going to be a boy who cried wolf situation which is where we are they open stuff up and then, like, the next day they're like, oh, now we require everyone to wear masks. It's like kind of a step backwards. And lastly, I mean, and just not really on the same points I was making, but you know, I helped my brother move into his new place. He moved to Valley Village. And up there, it's like, I mean, down here in like Hollywood with all these like more liberal leaning people, yes, you're seeing a lot of like masks and the one person doesn't have a mask. Everyone's like, <gasps> my word, sir. <laughs> up in the valley, it's like, it's like business as usual, and uh, to be fair, they're not reporting as high numbers as they are down here, so I don't know what the what the, what the the actual thing looks like, but I do know that whatever's happening, the curve is not only flattening, but our hospitals are becoming less and less impacted by the day. I just post that data today. Take that for data, <laughs> David Fisdale. Check the grade. and uh, And uh, yeah, I think it's just going to keep making That's what you said a minute ago. If you give someone an inch, they're going to take a yard, which is part of the reason why they started out not giving anyone an inch because they knew if they said like oh you can do halfway people are always going to go past the line if you say you can do zero people are going to do five to ten percent and get shamed heavily for it but it's still all within what they wanted us to do in the first place End rant (laughs) is that that what we we have (laughs) to do now (laughs) yeah on a good day sure rod's in charge so, eric's a good ass <laughs> listener so i have to like really make it clear that i'm done speaking because he's like he's like straight improv mode like let me hear let me hear, get all the facts let me fully oh, listen yeah. <laughs> before I'll do i this... say my
2: piece no i'll do this three person i'll watch the whole time man i'm ready to... <laughs> how great is going to be when we can do live shows again
0: oh ridiculous you, you for... because it is you know not paying none of us, you start to lose how much you like enjoy it and how much I got from it. Well, or oh, let me, me not. not speak for everybody; just speak for myself. Um, you go, damn! That I really need to it, to scratch that itch. You know, you don't feel like a stand up. I'm not like like if I don't do this, I'll die. But it, it 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 was a source of joy that I no longer have, which is crazy.
2: Well, and you guys were on this upward trajectory, and then the whole world shut down.
0: Take that like, a knee real quick.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it. It's only temporary, but it's it's got to be weird to, to have that momentum going and then just have to stop it.
0: You know, in all aspects, everything. I uh, mean, for you
1: too, though, Eric, right? Like you, you don't perform like you're not on the grind. Like we're like the like. If, if improv was like a video game, we're still like in like the minor leagues, like trying to like, we get like a 10 day call up and they're like, Oh man, you almost made it. Like, you know, in the story mode continues, you're at the level. You're like the guy like, Hey man, one day, man, you guys are on the yeah, bro,
0: you got spells. You're a character oh, in the dude. game. You're you out spells. here doing it. You got spells. You. We just picked outfits, man. No,
2: no. Well, You guys are doing other cool shit. But what I also love about this business is that with the levels, Somebody can go from level one to level 90 like that. Like I remember watching a dude that was, um, he waited on me at Umami Burger and he was a a fan of Parks and Rec and he was fired up. I was fired up. He recognized me. I think eight months later I watched this dude on an improv stage and he was such a transcendental talent where I said to my wife, I'm like, that guy's a star. That's the Umami kid. And then, Thank God I was nice to him then, and now he's a giant star, and he he could literally hire me, fire me, and it was like that, and that's kind of the magic of it. And I remember when I first started doing improv, there was this guy on another improv team that everyone in my group was kind of made fun of. Dave, are you going to? I'm sorry. Wait, wait. Hold on, Eric. Are you going to name some names? Or are you just going to? Yeah. It? I was waiting for he you was to drop. So it. cool. <laughs> he was so cool. And I don't think you would mind it because it was a crazy. It's a guy named Echo Kellum. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! He's like no, he's Matt Townsend. He's a superhero now, and it he was like, and and but like that's always what I tell people. I'm like, you know, be nice to everybody, one because it's the right thing. But like the person that you're being rude to now could be hiring you in a year in this town. Like, if you're just as a baseline nice to everybody, your life will be so much easier. Because I've run into weird things with people, but that guy was a dick to me, and I remember anybody. That was yeah. not cool to me, like during an audition or something. Like this old elephant remembers and is motivated. So you're it's gonna nice be that segue guy, King, it's Penny nice King. Segue yeah. to when you Jordan. get in that
1: chair, you're gonna send people home for not like. Ooh, I remember <laughs> you. Remember I summer of '98, man, well, you fucked
0: it up. You fucked I up. I have any that. Let me go ahead and pull up the notes app. Uh,
2: fuck no. you. <laughs> okay, can I, with a beautiful segue here, give you my undercover reason for why Michael Jordan agreed to do the last dance? please yeah, do it as a wonderful a pro think, right about wow. when, Professional. think about when he agreed to it you're talking about and for me the thing that makes it so amazing is this is the most reclusive athlete ever and for him to open up like this and true let you look into his crazy and allow yeah. the scott burrell bu- bullying hilariously because the timelines are off and who mentored who i think kobe walked so Jordan could run in this documentary where the Mamba mentality was opened up to people through Kobe, and it was hard at first for Kobe of like, dude, this guy's borderline wow to Mamba mentality is cool. But the reason I think Michael Jordan agreed to do this is two years ago, what was he most known for? Unfortunately, more than anything, it was the crying Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I wasn't thinking that at all. Dude, I was like, it's got to not be what we think Think about it. That's what he's most known for. The I'm greatest athlete, Hall of Fame
0: speech. The,
2: yes, which the Hall of Fame speech I loved because I felt like that was our first insight into madness. And that yeah. oh no, Jordan feels and Jordan feels a lot. He forced himself to push all that away through madness. But to me, I put him up there, and I'm sure this is where Rod and I will have points of contention. Huh. I put him up there as one of the all time creative geniuses that's ever lived. And creative historic, geniuses, creative interesting. creative genius. I get that who never lived. And historic or let's say technical geniuses, Edison, these guys are never very well mentally. The people around them, they've left such a charred path of destruction around them to get through to this level, and you really got to see the cost of it. And now, for Jordan's crying Jordan meme was associated with losing. And now to me the, to the whole world there's been a 10 minute Michael Jordan infomercial which I loved every second of it that has absolutely planted his flag as the greatest ever. And I think crying Jordan meme is part of it cuz also he killed the meme. The most iconic meme now is Jordan with the iPad laughing. He gave us 10 memes. It was like somebody <laughs> said it's like he went to the man and said how can this crying Jordan? I'm Michael fucking Jordan. How is was <laughs> Michael Jordan crying you, like Mike, here's what you'd have to do. You'd have to let all that footage out, including the you bullying Scott Burrell. Beyond that, you would have to do something that is a feat for even the hardest of character actors. You will have to transmorph your face Five, six, seven, eight times into such great memes to take <laughs> over the crying Jordan meme. Okay. Well, you gotta and keep in mind, mind. <laughs> he <had laughs> head started turning, and he's like, "Have him give me an iPad. Here's a list of who I'm gonna clown." And poor Gary Payton is locked in and loaded. Eric, and you're taking a lot of Jordan credit away from dead. Tequila. There's no debate yeah. between Jordan and LeBron who's the greatest. We know it's Jordan. And if you want a meme that, if either you guys send me a meme that demands a response. I'm sending you back Jordan with the iPad meme. No more crying, Jordan. No. You have literally
1: just solidified that the only meme I use with you forever is going to be crying. It's the crying. That's it. That's it. (laughs) Nothing else. Nothing else.
0: Two sides of the (laughs) petticoat. That's hilarious.
2: (laughs) Then all you'll get from me is the iPad Jordan glove. I know I made problem with the glove.
1: But he actually did. Okay, I'm not going to get into all my takes because I'll I'll let this breathe a little bit, but (laughs) a a big, subtle takeaway from the last dance is that the scores were like 81 to 78 like most games, right? So I feel like offense, and Stan Van Gundy can attest to this, and he did an interview a couple days ago on Highly Questionable or something. The defense is what won them those championships. Like, the defense was crazy. The way that that, that the league was set up... Big men couldn't shoot. The floor wasn't spaced. A lot of double teams. Uh, There was only like six big men total who could pass, like really at that level. The scores were so maddeningly low. So like the last, I think the last game where the score was like 88, 85 or something like, or maybe the flu game or it was a flu game. And uh, so Jordan had half the team's points, right? And all these other Hall of Famers on that team, they're not scoring, they're locking people down. These games are in the 70s. Like going into halftime, this, I mean, going into uh, the third, fourth quarter, the score's like 58, 51. Like, I think in an era where defense reigned supreme, somebody who was great at offense shined a bit more. For sure.
2: Because the defense but he's was also crazy. Great at defense. There's a, uh, he's a minister. I, I didn't say he wasn't but, bad
1: at good. At, he's part of that five that made the defense so good. I'm not. I'm not discrediting that at all, but the game is so different that it really rewarded someone who was better than a defense differently than it does now.
0: Um, I'm gonna let Rod take the uh, the sports part about this. My problem, what you said, Eric, is that he had all of this footage and was just sitting on it, just sitting on it all this time. My man's was scheming for a very hey, long yeah. time, and you want to know how I know he's scheming? I looked back and the one credit I gave him, the one point where I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "Michael Jordan is a person," is when he's like, "Everybody uh, wants to be Michael Jordan," but you, like when he's in the hotel talking about when he got super dumb famous, he was like, "But." You will want to live this life. You want to live this life, and I was like, I agree. That's the Justin Bieber thing. You don't want to be that famous where you can't live life normally. But then I was like, wait a minute. ESPN. Nobody can make a team follow you, Jordan. You know what I mean? Like nobody is going to make him do something he don't want to do. And if you look it back, like anybody making a documentary, motherfucker. This what?
1: He was playing it up.
0: (laughs) Come on, bro. You planted that. I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing it, my guy. He's not a person. He's a robot. And tequila is what made all those face changes because he was drunk the whole time he was getting (laughs) interviewed. You think he was full on drunk? (laughs) Has to be. I mean, he's holding a full bottle of
1: like, not a full bottle, like a a full glass of Henny and like half of his goddamn things. Like these interviews don't go quickly.
0: Did you ever see the interview where he's talking about his alcohol with the dude and he pours it and he pours half the bottle in his fucking glass? I'm like, oh, Lord. Well, it's always the
2: guys that come to drinking late that really get after it. I'm one of those
1: people. I can attest to that. Didn't have a sip until I was like a junior in college and it was like an avalanche. Before then, I was like, man, alcohol makes you crazy, man. I'm already pretty crazy. (laughs) If If I drink, who knows how crazy I'll really get. Oh, my God. (laughs)
0: We <laughs> you were right. <laughs> was very true. I put it back too long. I pushed it off until what? Like, I was, uh, my first drink was on my 21st birthday, and I literally only drank that one day. And then uh, I started drinking wine when I went on a, when I uh, stopped playing football because I had got to go on like uh study abroad. And then I was like, oh, this is why i haven't been drinking i realized i made the realization like i loved grape juice a little bit too much as a kid right and i was like it was a precursor it was a warning i shouldn't have started no (laughs) so it sneaks up on you man and it gets you and it gets you crazy
2: well it got mike it got mike it got
0: mike for sure but i mean all of mike's decisions the man never didn't have a cigar in his breath like what are his lungs looking like now yeah, so Eric, this, this is the question I have for you. Before
1: I get into the real, the real, because Eric alluded to it, I came away from this liking Jordan a little less. I'm going to get into all that later, but it all ties into a theme that I'll open up right now is, because he produced it, how much of like his bullshit do you think that they really didn't include? Because I feel like a goddamn lot. They went in on all these other people having partying issues and like, not being focused and all And he's the, he's the only one focused in the room. He's the only one out there like, hey man, like Jordan set the tone. Like D- we all know the actual tones Jordan was setting. It's not a secret and not, not one second of that is in this. Not one, not one single solitary second. I want your opinion on that.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's in there. It's just deeply in the subtext. Michael uh, uh, <laughs> ten goddamn hours
0: Eric, <laughs> you are a very nice man it. can't let you get away with that bullshit No, no. When that
2: <laughs> lunatic goes to Ahmad Rashad and says we're doing this interview right now and he does the interview with the sunglasses on that tells me all I need to know about him and that there is a very fine line between him and Charlie Hustle like, the only other dude you can think of with, like, yeah, I'm going to just put on these sunglasses and just lie. <laughs> like, you and I can look through that and be like, this is ridiculous. And this is a man that had nobody around him to tell him no. Like, he, he, to me, if you look for it, you see the wizard behind the curtain. Who's Charlie Hustle?
0: Tell us who Charlie Hustle is.
2: Peter Edward Rose Jr., 4,256 lifetime hits and is not in the hall of fame because he picked the wrong addiction. He's a degenerate gambler.
0: Uh, And
2: I think our friend Michael Jordan is too.
1: And do you feel like the documentary documentary adequately
2: got to the, to that part of his life? I don't have a gambler, Yeah, man. but maybe it's also because I knew because I was so obsessed with this stuff as a kid. I read the Jordan Rules and, like, the stuff he said in there in the Jordan Rules, and I imagine they have that kind of stuff, that was nowhere near that documentary in the 10 hours. Right. Because a lot of the stuff they edited at him calling Scott Burrell a Ho. I'm willing to wager that there was a lot more pejorative terms than Ho. <laughs> <than about, laughs> I might <laughs> when these motherfuckers were not making their jump shots and he had to motivate them. Bro, like that USA game. gym teacher from hell. But I always think the other thing that Jordan rules I go back to is B.J. Armstrong was so confounded by him as a rookie, he started reading books on Da Vinci and other geniuses to try to figure out how Jordan's mind worked, and he said it worked. And Jordan clearly has an insight into it, they also, in that 10 hours, have none of his teammates saying nice things about him. Will Purdue calls him an asshole and basically a sociopath. And B.J. Armstrong puts it most succinctly. "Is like, was he a nice person? No, but he couldn't be. For the character that Michael Jordan was sculpted and created, however you want to see it to be, he's not allowed to be a cool guy. Do you, you think it's cool- a
0: character? Because we touched on this last week where I – uh it goes along with like most people that are geniuses, like you said, are crazy or are not. They're antisocial because they're just, their brain is so different that they don't act. But where is the excuse? Where is that? Like, where's the chicken and the egg in that? You know what I mean? I think that he has a stronger will than anybody else, more so than he is a genius that he has a, a, a will that will not let him be broken. And that's he just used it to basketball. Basketball was the most advantageous thing for him to utilize that talent and become successful. When we talk about the difference between LeBron and Michael Jordan, LeBron loves basketball. He loves it. It's his favorite thing. He gets yep. his body all super right to get to be able to be playing still forever. Jordan it, it can't lose. It's a different thing. <laughs> Very different animal. And I forgot where I was even going with this. Michael Jordan sucks. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> Damn, that's a hot take. Not as a hooper. He's great. Not as a hooper. He's great. But like uh, uh, the, when he did the camp, the ki- camp with the kids, bro, and he's like, yo, if you miss one of these three-pointers, these kids get shoes. Fam, you ain't paid for one of those shoes ever, bro. Let the little kids have the camp. Even Kobe let the little kids have the camp. He let the kids have the shoes I mean. When he did the same situation, he had the little kids have the shoes. Michael Jordan actively tries to be an asshole.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to read a quote from a book I'm reading currently called The Victory Machine. Because I, I, I just passed this quote today, not knowing I was going to come across it. But kind of encapsulates how I feel and ties into what you just said. In another era, we might have seized upon examples of Kevin Durant's insecurity as an explanation for greatness. Maybe this drove him the way Michael Jordan was fueled by small slights. According to legend, Jordan once cheated at cards to beat an old woman. This is unhealthy behavior. Laughed off as quirky, if not laudable in the context of the singularly accomplished man. We don't draw the line between genius and madness so much as we insist that the former is winsome. And that leads to why I like Jordan less. Just as he said, that's unhealthy behavior. And I think that, and uh, my girlfriend Kelly sent me something today, too, that was just, she woke up and just, she gets these like daily articles from all these, you know, she's a little woo-woo just like you are. Uh, and it was, it was talking about like the human ego and it actually had, it's like a, an example of Kyrie Irving and she's like, oh, this is what you were talking about with The Last Dance. Jordan's team, you said Bill Wennington, all these other guys, they look back and they say, Jordan was an asshole. But what do they say right after that? But he had to do it. We won. Hey, we won. That's how it had to be done. And I just I just say no. I fully disagree. I think that Jordan's talent was great enough to win the exact same amount without also being a complete dick. And I say that with strong confidence. It, the way that they look back and say that we needed that is the way someone who used to get like beatings from their mom as a kid looks back and be like, Oh, you know what? Well, Hey, you know, look at the man I am today, not knowing any other example of how life is when you also don't need to get your ass beat every day. You can achieve the same without that. But what irks me the most, and this isn't really Michael Jordan's fault, it's society's fault, is that we look at the we reverse engineer it to say, oh, see, if you want to be the best at anything in life, you got to be like this. And, and that's like just patently
0: <clears throat> false. I'm going to be like Mike. Uh, I, I think it also... I just want to add on to that because that's a very good point. Of His... But I would, I would, it would make me... Wonder would he be Michael Jordan if he wasn't that petty? Though, because they start off the documentary talking about he was always losing to his brother, hated it, wanted the attention from his dad, real dad. So it's like that's there. You got you got what pushed him to be the type of petty he is, right? And then we go the time period and we add all those other things where you have to be a strong man. You have to be. You have to be rough. Da, 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 da. I don't think you can have Jordan if he's a nice guy. LeBron is 6'10", bro. Like, it's easier to be a freak and then work very hard as opposed to starting off, you're not good enough, you've always been not good enough, and you go, okay, we'll see. That's his whole career is, okay, we'll see. Yep. Not even career, his whole life.
1: All right, I want Eric to jump in, but before I do, I'm just gonna answer that one point because I think that that's that is again how people think, right? Like <laughs> we're so ingratiated with that that ideology that I think most people listening to this will disagree with me, me and and agree with you on that point. You can't have MJ without that struggle. I do think that struggle helps. I think that at the end of the day, though, turning that struggle into like a rallying point. Okay, how much are you doing that? If he's cheating at cards to beat an old lady, that's not the same as what you're talking about. That is an obsession with demoralizing people, and I feel like that comes through. He's not competing when he's calling Scott Burrell a hoe. They're on the goddamn team playing. Scott Burrell's like, leave me, please. We're on film, like, and it, and he won't let it go. This is not the same thing, and I think that that when you talk about lebron being bigger you know lebron i mean sorry michael jordan probably had the quickest first step the most explosive jump and the highest vertical jump in the history of fucking sports to that point so it's not like he was a little shorter i guess but he was off the ground and above people like no one had ever seen it's not like he was just some even playing field where he was like i think the guy you're describing more like that is like a larry bird right who's like hey i'm like flat-footed I'm a white guy, but I'm going to like overachieve by being kind of a dick. Michael Jordan was not that. He was gifted to the fucking nines, achieved great things, and it's never enough.
0: It's never going to be enough. That's why he's drunk in all these interviews, because he's not happy. I'm talking about the mental aspects more so than their physical gifts. I'm saying the the drive is what makes Michael Jordan Michael Jordan, and it's a toxic drive, but it was formed early. (laughs) And, like, that's how you create the monster that is Michael Jordan.
1: I want Eric's opinion on this because we could go back and forth all day.
2: No, I th- well, I think you're both right. And, like, that drive is what made Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. And when they talk about there's no way you could pick Sam Bowie over him, there was no way that a six six guy was ever going to go that high in the draft. He just didn't do it. He willed himself to be Michael Jordan with his will and with everything else. And, unfortunately, that was the way he led – only other dude I know with six is Kareem, who led in a different way. But, like, there's not a bunch of examples of, like, well, this guy led this way. Bird's teammates revere him and love him. Magic's teammates revere him and love him. Tim Duncan's so with five chips. Both, both of those guys managed to find a way to lead, and I think they both could be really, really tough. Think about Magic, Chuck, and Vlade Devok's cell phone. Both of them could be really tough, but without that kind of insane drive. I also think you're right that very sadly, and a lot like Pete Rose, when a guy like that leaves basketball and leaves that competitiveness, he can never, ever, ever find it again. I think he would give his $2 billion for one game to play because it's gone. And, yeah. like, that's why a guy like Pete Rose got in trouble because he was constantly trying to chase that same feeling. And I think with Jordan, he's, you know, a businessman, but it's –
0: all that, I have, a for I have a question for you. I uh, have a question for you. All of that
2: didn't work for are hurting him as, a, as an owner. These same qualities are not, he is not leading the Bobcats where they need to go. These qualities that worked for him when he was the greatest athlete in the world are not working for him now.
0: Yeah.
1: Which, is, which is why, before he asks the question, yeah, I think that you guys are both right that he wouldn't be Michael Jordan as we know him, but he would still be Michael Jordan... Probably the greatest player of all time. Still, it would just look different. And that's what I have exception with that it. it doesn't have to look this way. We just assume it has to look this way. I don't think it does.
0: Uh, whatever.
1: Like, like, you said, like you just said, when he tries to lead that way with people who don't have all of his natural talent, it doesn't work. It's like the goddamn triangle offense. It's terrible unless you have the best athlete ever. No one's ever won with the triangle outside of goddamn two teams in history. No one. Not one. Not one. Not, one. not a single one. We got on this Twitter. Not one. <laughs> Name another team besides the Bulls and the Lakers that ever won with the triangle, and I'll fucking – I'll bow down. Go.
2: It's highly specific. <laughs> 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 I was like, that's a crazy question. <laughs> and you need the center it you pass. But you, you're, you're very close to right there. i'm a proponent of the triangle but yeah and and i i also agree there's a million offshoots a million bad triangles but like the triangle is perfect because it allowed a guy like bill cartwright or luke longley to succeed by the way where was luke longley in this i guess they didn't want to go to australia or like ron (laughs) harper barely got any time Uh, the triangle i think should be called the guy it's
1: called dickhead control that's all it is (laughs) it's not it's the, the where people stand isn't the point it's like hey dickhead There's other people on the team. We're going to force you to make two passes before you get the ball back. And now
2: you can do your goddamn thing. It's so amazing because I visited two friends that were in miserable minor league basketball situations. And both of them, they were running the triangle. (laughs) Who were those friends? Uh, That was Bakari Hendricks. Oh, wow. I remember that name. Oh, my. He was the CBA Rookie of the Year. And I was so excited to visit him because his roommate was Jimmy King. And I was the biggest Fab Five fan ever. And then three days before I got there, Jimmy King punched out the coach. Dan <laughs> Which P- was who? Do you remember? Dan Panaggio. Oh, wow. I told you this story. This is like he came, up to, he came up to Richie and I like, he was going to give us the biggest secret. I was like, guys, come here. Go blue, baby. You take your room key over to Sea Galley right there. They'll give you three free fried shrimp. And then he walked off. And I'm like, oh, man, minor league basketball is no joke.
1: Bro, I went to one CBA game ever, not to play, just to like watch. Cause I was at the time I was playing in North Dakota and we played in Bismarck, which is a capital city. But there was a minor league team, it wasn't in Minot, it was someplace like maybe an hour away. So we drove this hour to this place. And uh, Michael Cooper was the coach of the team. And uh, so I'm like, oh shit, Michael Cooper. And he's like, you know, he's doing this for the audio crowd he's like he's like scratching his neck a lot and he's like real jittery and at that point i'm like 23 i don't know a lot about how drugs work one of my teammates <laughs> he is like he was a crackhead. <laughs> he's like see that's that that's that 80s crackhead shit say like he can't sit still he's like can't stop moving his hands like this can't and he's just leading up team of professionals trying to like <laughs> make it to a next station in life and i was like my whole thought back then is a bit of an ego involved i was like damn the cba sucks i'm glad i'm in the team t- league <laughs> <laughs> we don't hey, have a
0: trackhead coach.
2: My <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So the, the, the you brought this up with the gambling thing, and I think Jordan was right where he said I'm not a gambler. I don't have a gambling problem. His thing is he needs stakes. I think that's how you got into the gambling problem. You mix his toxic problem of needing to win, and then you add in like, yo, I got to the biggest stage on the world, and many people say, I'm the reason we won this shit, right? What's more thrilling than busting a game winner in your face to win a national championship? This golf game? Fuck no. So you know how I make it thrilling? Hey, we paying for 90 racks. Like... Yep. Just I need, I, I need to feel something outside of what I need by beating you. Like, the demon gets fed by me beating you, but for me to have fun I need I need stakes. but I I think think that's that's also another
1: misnomer about Michael Jordan and I'm glad Stan Van Gundy talked about this too that he was like the only one with like these type of mentalities he was the only like person with a killer mentality the only person who gambled a lot like I would say Allen Iverson is a lot of the same shit that Michael Jordan had like it, it in a different package gambles like no one I've ever seen I've watched him gamble like 600 grand on one hand just to like impress the room i felt like because everyone else was in there had no money you know what i mean like, yeah 600 on one hand what?
2: where was one this hand.
1: this was at i was at pete newell's big man camp in vegas and i was actually one of the only people there who was under 21 and didn't have a fake id so i could only really like loiter around the like casino and not really go out and yeah the, there were some guys gambling some guys were in the league like rookies and stuff like i can't even remember their names anymore so they were gambling like maybe five hundred to a thousand a hand, which at that point in my life, still being in college, I was like, "Oh, they like they are like rich, rich." And then AI saw that and was like, "Oh, you ain't rich at all." Bam! And just started going, and I was like, "Holy shit! Like oh, this warning. is some next level shit." And Do I'm saying win? that to say like, Allen Iverson gambled similarly, but he's not taking it to the level that Jordan is. Like, there's guys who have like Stan Van Gundy said that he would argue that JJ Redick is equally as competitive as Michael Jordan. He's just also not Michael Jordan. He, de- he doesn't have the frame. He doesn't have the athleticism to be more than what he is. So again, we look back at all these things and we say like, you can't, the only way to be everything that Michael Jordan is, is to also mix, mix in this like dickhead level. And I would say like, no, there's many other people with so many similar traits, but they're not Michael Jordan, but yeah. because they don't have his
0: talent. Okay, is the listen biggest what you thing, not anything else. No, bro. It's not it's anything the, else. No, bro. It's the Powerpuff Girls, bro. You got to have a chemical X. And his mental disorder is the chemical X, bro. You, I, I,
1: I, 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 just, I think yeah, I think that that's easy to say because that's what happened. I'm saying that there's another world. That's why my path in this argument is always going to be tougher. Because the, the reality is what you're saying is actually what happened. That is the truth. And what I'm saying is that that truth is also not necessary. So there's never gonna be an example that I have that best yours. Yours is, hey, look at exhibit A, B, C, and D. This is what created Michael Jordan. And I'm saying that you could have started from A and gone a whole different way, and we would still know
2: him the same. So who's a multi-time champion at Jordan's level that did it with sweetness and grace and like Like, considering Jordan won this and no one else
1: no one else has ever won more than five except for like Bill Russell, like Robert Ory, those guys. But I would say there's like multiple five time winners. Who are nothing like that. Multiple. You named two earlier. You didn't say Tim Duncan's name. I think Curry. I think in another world where Shaq was just like, took care of himself a little bit more, he'd have six to seven maybe. Um he didn't. He's not Jordan. He didn't. But also like, I think like to that note, no, he's not Jordan because he's also just Shaq. Like, Shaq is like a bit too goofy on the scale. I'm not saying you like be like a goof off and not take it serious, but. I would say Tim Duncan is a great example of someone who took it serious, led a team, like, didn't have to say much, just led by example, and won five championships in short order doing so.
0: But also, Tim Duncan is not... Tim Duncan is known to be vanilla. He is like, his whole brand is that I am, I am boring. I wear dad jeans and big shirts and I just come and I do my job. I just happen to be very, very, very good at this job that you're a fan of. That's exactly what I'm saying though. That's that, that, that that's possible. But,
1: that's what, that's why I said but, his name. But that doesn't, it, the question.
0: but that doesn't make Michael Jordan, Connor McGregor, right? Is a good fighter. There are many good fighters. Like there are many very talented fighters. They're not Conor McGregor because they don't have the. You have to have the thing. But no one
1: considers Conor McGregor the greatest of all time. And I would also argue he is he is one of the greatest. And I would also argue that there's many ways to have that thing. Right. Muhammad Ali is not the best boxer in history. He's the greatest of all time because he was very very talented and also took his personality. And applied it to social issues.
0: Who's the greatest fighter of all time? Though?
1: I don't know who the greatest boxer of all time is. I know it's not Muhammad Ali. I, I mean, I, seriously, I know that for a fact. Uh, I don't study boxing enough to know who all pound for pound has been the greatest fighter of all time, though. I just know that we don't talk about those dudes. Because Muhammad Ali's personality carried him into that stardom level. I would say that there's examples across every other sport where the guy could be relatively nice. I'm not saying these are all like saints. Except Michael Jordan. And by that account, I would say, like, it could have also gone the other way. I'm not saying it did. I'm not saying we know him the same. We know him differently. We'd, you'd still be wearing his shit, though.
2: For sure. But what, what the person I always look at that is fascinating to me, and I think this is the best-case scenario of Michael Jordan's leadership, coaching, whatever you want to call it, is Scotty Pippen. I think Scottie Pippen was a guy that didn't really have a will or as Michael Jordan says in the documentary, he is stronger if I stand next to him. Scottie Pippen was the equipment manager at Central Arkansas that grew and went from a point guard into this six, seven point forward. There's nine ways Scottie Pippen could make it to the NBA and not make it. But going next to Michael Jordan, who had a will like that and knew what it took and could almost kind of create this almost clone and create a Robin to his Batman, there's a real chance Scottie Pippen's not a dream team or not Hall of Famer if he ends up staying in Seattle. There's a million Harold miners or guys with unreal talent that don't have that Jordan drive that didn't get there. And Scottie Pippen almost got it by osmosis by being next to Jordan.
1: But I would say that there's also plenty of players who didn't play with Michael Jordan who became that also, because they had good coaching. They had other teammates like I he might disagree with this, but my last teammate in Korea. Came in as a rookie, was quite talented, but didn't really like understand pro basketball. I wasn't a dick about it. Taught him everything I knew, and the next year he's on Oklahoma City. Granted, at this point he's probably learning next level stuff that, like you know, from the best in the world. But you can elevate someone without being that person. And I think that I don't know why I'm reminded of this point, but this is a point I wanted to make also. Oh no, because you brought up Scotty Pippen even being on the Bulls. Michael Jordan at one point in the documentary says, you know, I, yeah, people might not have liked my style, but I wanted to win. And I would do anything for that at any cost. And you might, hey, if that's not what you like, maybe you don't like it. Maybe I'm not your role model. But, you know, I did whatever it took to win. And I would argue plainly that Jerry Krause did the exact same thing and Michael Jordan hated him for it. Jerry Krause is the greatest general manager of all time simply because he didn't give a fuck what anybody else thought. He actually is the Michael Jordan of general managers. Just he doesn't look like an athletic feat or anything, so we don't think about him. But he did the exact same thing, and Jordan didn't like that. So Jordan Jordan says in one vein, like, hey, man, like, whatever it takes to win, I'm here for that. Like, whatever, anything. And the one guy who literally helped him probably more than anybody, he's like, nah, I don't like that shit, man. You're out here, like, not respecting feelings. What? Pick a fucking lane, bitch. Sorry, I don't mean to call Michael Jordan a bitch at all. It's just, it's just words I use. I'm sorry.
2: This is wild. Definitely got a bitch. Definitely got a bitch.
1: If he listens to this one day, I'm making a general point about society.
2: More than you. Society was the bitch, Mike. Not you, sir. Not you. Please leave our friend Rob alone. I got real hyped up. I got Dude, real worked up. An, <laughs> an hour, hour after this Jordan's going to end up in basketball shorts at your house. You did <laughs> it now, Rob. be like,
0: oh, I'm a bitch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a bitch, bro.
1: This 50-year-old bitch about to show you something. You're dribbling. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're coming at me with those yellow-ass eyes. I'm going to be hella scared, dog. He comes at me in the night. <laughs> What
2: do you mean? Mr. Jordan, we don't condone him calling you a bitch and we like your yellow yo, eyes. For sure, yo. Yeah. yeah.
0: I didn't say that at all. That was all Rod's heat. This is our that. friend Rod Benson. Rod Benson, <laughs> Sorry, yes. Mark, yes. Stop yes. saying my government name, goddamn.
1: We are a supporter of yours, sir. It's okay. My name is Echo Kellum. <laughs> you can find me.
2: Rod <laughs> e. Benson, young man on the I'm road. a writer, the good place. <laughs> Please, talk to him. Talk to him, sir. We think you're doing a fantastic... I talk to
1: my agent, Carl Tart. He knows everything that I say. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's not me.
2: It's a, well, and to that point, Rod, when you were talking, let's look case in point. Because I was a Scott Burrell fan, and I had high hopes for Scott Burrell. And I'm willing to say that based on The Last Dance, Michael Jordan's leadership did not work on Scott Burrell. That guy looked no. like a goddamn non in those interviews. No, Mike was cool. He was okay sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Smile through Lynch the pain. Like, dude, <laughs> that man probably sleeps with nine teddy bears just trying to forget. And, like, <laughs> he probably broke him. And you read in the Jordan rules how Jordan basically broke Stacey King. And he would make weight jokes. And he wouldn't let her, He wouldn't. They keep it. When we talk about what made it in The Last Dance, he wouldn't let Horace Grant eat on flights after bad game. He wouldn't let
1: this motherfucker eat. What are we discussing?
2: What does that even mean?
1: Like, there are a lot of people who argue that the 92-93 team was better than any of the later 90s teams, in part because of how great Horace Grant was. And for him to not get respect from Michael Jordan, winning three championships from him, it's like it's one thing to be that way to a guy who's like, hey, man, you're like a rookie, and you don't get it yet, like you know there's a lot of that in this uh, victory machine and we're going to talk we're going to have the uh the author of victory victory machine on here uh next week I think Ethan Are you Strauss, really? but, oh that's awesome. yeah uh but so we'll go into that more but you know they talk about in this book like Andre Iguodala, like if someone had a bad game a bad couple games like if it was like a younger rookie he would like start putting his shit in that guy's locker and be like oh i need the extra space since you're not going to be here very long or something like <laughs> like to like try and hype the guy up like which is a dick move that's also pretty funny, but also like that's like what you do with rookies and people that aren't producing. You don't do it with your other like all star talent because that's where you can't <laughs> stop. You can't turn it off. Why wouldn't Horace Grant just re sign with the Bulls? I bet Jerry Krause wanted
2: him well, more but, than he wanted Dennis Rodman. Oh yeah, the the, the fascinating thing, Rod. Uh, the other thing that's not mentioned of this between the Jerry Krause Michael Jordan dynamic is Kraus knew what was happening in those practices. He knew that he was taking young minds, drafting them and putting them in a gym with Hannibal Lecter and seeing if they would survive. I don't doubt that a real nasty symbiotic relationship developed unspoken between Krauss and Jordan. Krauss had to figure out who could take it. Who has underachieved at other places that can take practice with this monster and be made greater as a byproduct? You look at Steve Kerr, that's somebody he's probably pretty comfortable bringing in knowing this guy will actually punch back Michael Jordan. You know, I'm sure Krauss knew exactly what was going on, and Jordan doesn't want to admit it, but Krauss would bring in a certain kind of victim slash mentee for Mike to have. I mean, it's it's a two it's a two sided thing. You always have to give credit to to
0: to that. It's Tom Brady needs Bill Belichick, bro. You know what I mean? You gotta you gotta form up the theme around him. That's a very good point. I've never, th- but once you start thinking about it, like Scotty Dennis Rodman, he literally was just bringing broken people who can just let bullshit slide off their back. Exactly. That's the only way to do and I was gonna like, do you watch
1: uh, Insecure, Chris?
0: I watched the first season. I All don't right. watch anymore. In the newest season, y'all, I'm gonna give y'all some tea
1: <laughs> from the show. Uh, uh, Molly, <laughs> Issa's best friend, so to speak, is tripping you now, you speaking right? speaking with this one? Because I'm, I'm in secure <laughs> So Molly is Issa's best friend, but she's a better friend to Issa when Issa's out here fucking up. Issa's starting to get her life together and starting to really achieve stuff. And Molly is having a tough time in her role as friend now because she's used to just being like, ooh, Issa, you messy. Like, you need my help. You need you, but Issa actually doesn't need that type of stuff anymore. And Molly is so used to being around a friend that she can talk down to. So when you said that, it reminded me that, yeah, Michael Jordan probably also needed players who laid down. Like, I mean, fight back enough, like a Steve Kerr, but do you think they could really bring it? Like someone was like, oh, anybody would want to play a Michael Jordan. I'm like, A, hell no. And B, do you really think MJ would sit there while like, what if Karl Malone came and he's like, hey man, like, fuck all that bullshit, like, I want to run the team like this. Michael Jordan's not going to stand for that. Jerry Cousins is going to bring in a guy with that cut. He needs to bring in guys who are going to be obedient and subservient to Michael Jordan's ego. Otherwise,
0: they ain't going to be friends like Molly and Issa ain't no more. It's also, uh, I don't know if I was listening to a podcast or something, but they were bringing up the point that athletes, people who are very, very good athletes, like Michael Jordan level fighters, all these things, um... In another time these are generals these are people who are fighting wars like going to kill people like their minds are are different and i think that that army just they had two crazy generals and they were like you know what you going to bow down and, or you going to get ran over and you just got to do this as a general michael jordan is is hannibal alexander the great was not a cool guy you, oh, gotta, you gotta untie the knot. Nah, I'm gonna cut it. No, let me finish the map. I had a nice No one stop nice you motherfucking talking. I just laughed. You, you wanna go get
2: a beer with Napoleon, man?
0: <laughs> no, no, but what's no. the knot? He went up to the knot. Nobody could untie the knot. He said, nah, fuck that. I'm gonna cut it. Some people are just assholes and contrarians, bro. Like it's their nature. So, I don't think I think that's what it is. To
2: Scott Burrell. Horrible. Yeah.
1: yeah, and that's what, but that's, that's, again, what I'm saying is that I'm not arguing against, this will be the last time I say this because I keep saying it, I'm not arguing against what Michael Jordan is, I'm saying that A, he could have been the same and been different, and I'm saying that because B, society believes that that is the only way to succeed, they really do, society thinks, man, you just like, either you're a killer or you get killed, this is the shit that gets Donald Trump elected, this is the shit that gets a lot of people who just like, win at all costs into the positions they are because they're revered as being better than us because they don't believe in costs. And I'm saying, like, Michael Jordan is a great player. Is he the greatest of all time? Probably. I have a spot for LeBron that I think it's 1A and 1B. That's a debate for another time. But what isn't up for debate for me is that the lessons that Michael Jordan taught us inadvertently have permeated society and become – this idea of success being this way.
0: Is Michael Jordan the greatest American? Win by by any means necessary, no matter no, what the consequences I would, I are? I would actually
1: argue, truthfully, that if you're saying the American who's taken the most W's and the least L's in history, it's Donald Trump. Mm.
0: This motherfucker no. is president.
1: <laughs> no, no, I mean like, has he has he lost like on deals and stuff? Like, yeah, but I'm saying like, actually, he's president. Like when you like the movie, goddamn uh, uh, G.I. Joe. At the end of the day, the fucking Cobra flags fly down on the White House. They won. Like, he's in the White House. He's the most powerful person in the White House who has no political fucking understanding. Has spent no time actually fucking like prepping to be a president was just a rich guy who'd spent his whole life, if it's win at it all costs, and you don't look at the cost, it actually sounds awesome to a lot of people. Just fucking playboy chicks his whole life, and like changing out wives for younger, hotter ones, and just doing whatever he want with all this money, and being the center of whatever he wanted to be, until he decided at his very last stand as a fucking aging out human to be president. No one has won more than him. The reason
0: we all hate that motherfucker is because of all the costs. Costs matter. I mean, there is a history. Uh, you're right. Scarface,
2: you can think of so many people. Scarface Wolf is a great Wall example. Street, That's one that I like, think
0: about all the time in this.
2: <laughs> I mean, Jordan with the cigar and the bat is Scarface. 100%. And I'll say, Rod, to that end, like with Trump, just because, I mean, I, I read two books on him when he was running. And it was so terrifying. And it really is that thing of history repeating itself. A big reason that his casinos in Atlantic City went bankrupt is he never learned the casino odds for the games. Hmm. So imagine that. I know. Imagine casino. They went in the high eye in the sky that sees it all. And a guy watching it that doesn't know the odds of the game. So shit. And it really feels like I keep thinking about that part of the book right now for where we're at now. Where I'm like, oh, my God. He said he's taking hydroxychloroquine today.
1: Yeah, first of all, you're the first person I've heard say that out loud. Interesting. I don't know if I was saying it that way in my head. I think it was wrong. I think I heard it, and I'm probably saying it wrong. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying I can't debate you on it. I'm, I'm like, now that's how I'm going to say it. Could be Two things I'm taking away from this. I say it like that now, if I can remember, and uh, <laughs> that I'm sending you only crying memes from here on out. Okay, I'm sending you only Jordan <laughs> iPad
2: memes. <laughs>
0: Goddamn, I got to pick a different one. Uh, I want
2: four more hours on his time with the Wizards. Because if – that that's a nice way oh to come up and say that – because I believe, in my woo-woo world, I do believe in karma. And the last dance allows Michael Jordan to come back and leave and have that wonderful ending, if sad that he couldn't get seven. We're not talking about him throwing balls at Kwame Brown. We're not talking about the words he used – To Courtney Alexander or poor Rip Hamilton, who he gave the Scott Burrell treatment to and I don't think responded as well. Like, karma is very real. And all these leaders that we're talking about, yeah, all these generals didn't end well for a lot of them. And like Jordan's karma now is we can tell that weirdly this is the greatest and we're probably as happier, happier than he is all of us in our daily lives. Like he doesn't seem like a happy person. And he didn't seem like he – I know that
1: they show, like, bits of him being emotional, especially around, like, his dad, uh, the security guard guy who, like, became a father figure to him. Yes. Um, but when he speaks about his teammates, it's very matter-of-fact. Like, I couldn't win a game without this guy. Dennis Robin went here. We yeah. needed him for this. I don't think he – I don't know how much he cared about any of his teammates at all. And I'm not saying you have to. But I'm saying, like, and this is, like, not part of my whole argument that I was making before, but just something I noticed. Do you think if, like, that whole run happened, but LeBron was at the helm, Dennis Robin would be the Dennis Robin he is now, like, bombed out and depleted? No. I mean, granted, we talked about this with John Keys last week. Yeah. LeBron got to start seeing the failures of, like, the 80s and 90s in terms of how those players kind of handled the media and handled, like, success and stuff. So he had a little bit of a playbook. That said... Like, choosing mindfulness, choosing to uplift, choosing to, to be there. The only person he's not there for is Delonte West. We know the reasons why. Uh, everyone else, I think he really would take care of them. And I think that, yeah, when you see some of these guys now, like, that Jordan played with, struggling, it's no wonder. I don't know if LeBron will ever play with someone that, like, struggles unless they, like, really, really, like, fuck him over somehow. Like why we like giving, giving Rodman 48 hours in Vegas is a novel idea. Like I get that, but there's another world where like you do that and then afterwards you like really talk to him. Like Isaiah Thomas cried when he said he heard about the stuff that Dennis Rodman was going through. Cause Den- Isaiah Thomas is like a real person. Jordan's like, yeah, he needed time. So we gave him time. He needed to win that chip <laughs> full stop. That's it. Come on, Eric, say words. Say
2: something. Fire back. I mean, it's it's hard because you are right, but I will just say this. You're not going to like hearing it. I think if you put Michael Jordan's will in LeBron James, he'd have six championships. I think it's an unfortunate, sad thing. And also look at the amount of teammates that have had trouble adapting to LeBron. Look at Chris Bosh. Look at Kevin Love. When I look at LeBron James, I don't see an example of a wonderful leader. I see guys that have really had trouble fitting in with him. I think Jordan's the last guy that still had a veil around him. We Social media has knocked those veils down, so you really get to see people. So we see more of LeBron for good and for bad, and we have a better sense of him. But I don't think of LeBron as an amazing leader, and I don't think of LeBron as somebody that necessarily – he'll make an incredible basketball play or an assist, but I don't think of somebody – I don't think of him as a transformation. Okay. Okay. I think, let me let me, I just, I think let me try no, he talking, is, he wait, to he's wait me.
0: wait no. I know how hot you get about this. So I think Rod is trying to get back to <coughs> Don't make me call you. A bitch. I'll, you, do it. I'll do it. <laughs> Eric, remember when we talked when we started this podcast about when we were talking about echo be a nice person, doc. Just like try to be a a nicer person go around in the world and like spreading out being better. And that's more what he's talking about as than he is like I'm a GM in top of being
2: one of the best oh, basketball yeah. players. Well, and also, I think I LeBron, think LeBron's on, politically, but we, he's a hero. He's the opposite of Republicans don't buy sneakers.
1: Every, we have to talk about what you just said before you talk about the Republicans buy sneakers because that's huge. Okay. It is huge. Okay. But LeBron James. Okay. First of all, <laughs>
0: LeBron James.
1: He's played with many guys <laughs> that he's made a lot better. That whole team he started with never won before or again. Chris Bosch. Here's my problem with like, when we look at a Chris Bosch and we look at a Kevin Love, Kevin Love, do you know Kevin Love has the record for consecutive double doubles in the NBA? And it's like, like a hundred. It's like double, like number two, like Kevin, number two is like Kevin Garnett with like 32 or something, right? This guy averaged like 30 and 17. When you're on a bad team, that's easier. Of course, you're going to look like trash when you play with actual talent. This, we, I just said before, no, I'm serious. When you come from a bad team to a good team, first of all, neither of those two guys look like trash. They just didn't look what, like what they used to look like. In that documentary I mentioned, where the fuck was Ron Harper? Ron Harper was an all-star level player basically, like over 28 guy, joined the Bulls just to be like, they showed him three clips in the whole goddamn thing, like him like scoring in the post over John Stockton in game six. And that's probably it, right? It doesn't mean that when he joined that team, he became trash. When you're that good and you join a good team, you realize like, oh, maybe I was just on a team that didn't have talent before. And everyone has to shine. Every te- the worst team in the NBA still averages 100 points, right? They got to come from somewhere. So someone on that team is going to be a 20 to 25 point a game scorer. Does not mean you're as good as Scottie Pippen. Doesn't mean you're as good as Dwayne Wade. Chris Bosh fell into that third guy role and also won from it. And they're friends. It's not like they left and he was like, man, LeBron treated me like a bitch. Punched me. Well, if I could try to fuck my wife. Drank a lot. Like, no, it's like. I'm I'm always with Channing Frye Channing Frye was traded to Cleveland uh, Right before they won that 2016 championship And he had come from Orlando Right so he got traded like maybe Right before the deadline And I spoke to him Maybe Four days before the playoffs And I was like oh what are you up to He's like man like literally nothing Like we have to do conditioning drills Like all week And I was like oh that's weird you don't get like any rest Because there was like a few days he's like LeBron doesn't believe in that shit. And I was like, that's interesting. I don't think I ever heard this perspective. It's part of the way, like, anybody that ever plays for Miami, as far as basketball is concerned, is a crazy person to, like, succeed there. That's why they say, like, Jimmy Butler does well there. It's widely known that Pat Riley has this philosophy of, like, they will do the most work in terms of, like, literally physical conditioning. LeBron went there and fit right in. LeBron... Demands that of his, the only thing LeBron demands of his teammates is that you're in the best shape possible. And he's going to, like, encourage you through it. Like, hey, you can do it, man. You can do it, man. Oh, We're, we're going
2: to run all day. You'll get there. You're going to get there. And people love him for that. He has no enemies. He fit right in because he went to Dwayne Wade's deal. He went but to the even, that Dwayne Wade
1: built. Even in going, no, I'm saying, but fitting into the culture is different than fitting in and winning. Yeah. Like, like in Miami, it's not a regular place to just go and like go get your buckets, is what I'm saying. That's a very intense. I had, I probably had when I was in the D League 20 different mini camps. And in a mini camp, you can see how an organization works, like obviously in a micro version, but pretty quickly. And everyone knew. Before I went to Miami, they're like, bro, like you be prepared. Like I've only been to Miami once and it was for that. And people are like, oh, you have been to Miami? I'm like, yeah, but I didn't see shit. I didn't do shit. I went from the Intercontinental to the gym and back. That's the only places I went. Why? Because I was too fucking tired to do anything else. There was only three of us there. We played three-on-three. And I was exhausted from doing four hours of drills and then some three-on-three at the back end. I did get to play three-on-three with Dwayne Wade. That was real cool. He threw me a couple alley-oops. Great court vision. Never even saw that on TV. It was wild.
0: That's very jiggy.
1: Yeah, it was, it was super dope. Especially when I was like 23 or whatever. I was like, oh, this is dope. This <laughs> Any is awesome. story either of us got right now, buddy. right. I was like, alright. Go ahead. You won. <laughs> yeah. <Put your> t- <laughs> it to- I just got my wind back to tell that story now. It's been 15 years. I've been so tired. I haven't been able to tell people that I caught louser from Dwayne Wade in my And LeBron went down there and just handled that shit and added to it. And I think that's always going to be a big big difference. We look at Jordan, every single time he got away from the gym, not like he put his, he put his work in at the gym, don't get me wrong. What was he doing when he left? Smoking, drinking, playing golf, fucking, partying, didn't sleep. Why do you think he burned out if, if the rumors are, aren't true that it had nothing to do with gambling, then this motherfucker burned out twice. Why? Because he didn't take off the court seriously at all. LeBron does. I think that has to factor in how we consider someone the GOAT also. Like, because LeBron will probably be be this good or some version of it for years to come, we can't ignore that. Other people flamed out where he's going to keep shining because no one has taken the game of basketball more seriously. And that's another side of it. You could be nice and also just take it seriously. And I don't know what number of championships he ends up with. I do think that the first one that they lost to the Mavs, Jordan would have lost that series, for sure. LeBron was overwhelmed in the moment. Fully. He'll say it himself. Outside of that, though, I don't think that he needed to be a dick to do anything else that he's done. And if anything, it's helped him to keep going the way that he's going. Because he's open to new ideas and shit. (laughs) Learning. This motherfucker walks around with a personal masseuse who every time he stops moving, I swear to God, every time LeBron stops moving, he gets a leg massage. There's someone who follows him. Apparently, a very attractive woman. I've been told. <laughs> if he's not moving, he's getting his legs massaged.
2: What a normal salt of the earth soul. Pharaoh. I take it back. I take it back. Just like all my other buddies, that beautiful women rubbing their legs. I was, I was gonna
0: say for he's, that alone. He's an everyman.
2: Just like ah, you and me. Drop the mic. I'm falling into a place. Of pun policy, into. I admit it. it. I admit it. My wife won't even look at my feet. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> all right well we're, we're going pretty long here but uh uh because i had a lot to say i'm sorry about that this was so fun we called michael jordan a bitch what the hell's
0: wrong yo exactly no our friend rod, we, rod neither I, eric nor myself christopher i've been on here defending about you
2: <laughs> sir this man is creating controversy through a podcast <laughs> <laughs> please I, i'm on here defending you i'm a man of the people don't come looking for me sir Please. Eric, uh, uh, what uh what is coming down the pipeline for you? What can people like expect to see? Uh, we got a big announcement coming out, I think tomorrow, but fuck it, I'll announce it here first. We have a We Bear Bears movie coming out and they're oh, hey, shit. Hey, oh, yeah, tomorrow, Let's get it'll it come out June seventh streaming. So before they show it on Cartoon Network, it'll be June seventh streaming on iTunes, Apple, all that stuff. Same place we saw the last dance. Oh, hell
1: yeah. We breaking social girl. distance, and I'm coming over there and watching watch that show with oh, you, man. We've that
0: Grizzly.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's go. My
0: favorite, my favorite character was the panda until I found out that it was you, and now Grizzly is the best character. Thank
2: you, friend. Show. Thank you. I love panda. <laughs> Panda's a, a great Pippin. <laughs> In the if they in the do, wait,
1: if they do a a, a like a, a bulls like scripted movie like based on a true story, you got to play Bill Wennington.
2: I'm so in with that facial hair. Well, it's yeah, so for sure. Those are the guys I relate to now. Like when I was a kid and I saw Ghostbusters, I related to Bill Murray. And now mm-hmm. I'm a Winston Zedmore. I'll believe anything if you pay me. Like that's who I am. And when I look now, when I was a kid, you think you're George, you think you're I'm like I am Bill Wennington on a good day. <laughs> Let me be Dickie Simpkins. <laughs> let me come in. Let me play 12 minutes, get some rebounds, and post defense. Let me just do that. That's my job in Hollywood. A character actor is really like the third man off the bench.
1: But yeah. the character actor has oh, the the character chance to steal working. the show. That's the it. The motherfucker's in Jurassic
2: it. Park. Dude. They have a <laughs> character of you at the Universal Studios ride, right? It's crazy and a, little, and a little Lego. And it's all from, like, not needing to be Jordan and just wanting to be weak and small. And it, it allows that. That's my big (laughs) not (laughs) so many actors don't want to appear weak. And if I ever have an actor class, like you got to embrace it, you got to embrace that we're all weak, that we're all scared. I've probably died so many times and I've died crying so many times. But I would
0: argue that character actor is a more thorough actor, bro. Because, uh, uh, if you're Jordan, you're just in it for the fame, you're not in it for the the game. Look, Jude Law has been waiting his entire life to be a character actor, he's just too pretty.
2: Yep. Like come <laughs> on, man. Like Alec Baldwin was waiting for him. There's those certain kind of guys that have a character actor ability that are just really good looking. And then they Sir And
0: also, you're a character actor. actor in fire things. Stop downplaying yourself, friend. I know that's your game, but get out of here, okay? <laughs> you yeah. were a wonder you were so good, I was like, you know what? I like this racist, man. I, I, <laughs> I, was like, I watched Green Room, and I was like, you know what? I get he's mad racist, but like, oh,
2: I love that's it. What? That's why it's good we met first, because that's one of the harder things is when people have seen Green Room before they've met me, they have a difficult time becoming friends. And the funniest was I was once at a concert, and these two cops kept me mugging me, and kept me mugging me. <laughs> They're
0: like, why do I know this guy?
2: I'm like, Sh-. I'm like, I- man, I've been pretty discreet with the vaporizer. I don't think. And then finally, they came up laughing. <laughs> They'd seen green room and connected. I was a bad guy, but didn't think I was that. It was a movie because it was like in Pennsylvania. And then we yeah. thought you were on our most wanted list. Not me, guys. Not me. Yeah. Thank God they figured it out later or whatever. Because yeah, it's it's.
1: You could have had your like resting dick face on too though, because I guess like I don't really see this, but it's funny because when you know like a an actor personally, they're themselves and you don't give credit to how much they change when they act. Yeah. But Eric, when he's in his like zone as like the bad guy, he looks fucking terrifying. Like <laughs> in a way that he guy. never looks in person. No. <laughs> Truly it's one like of the so nicest fun.
0: people I've ever met. Oh, yeah. Quite
1: it's, intimidating. Y- it's the best. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna let you. We're gonna let you go. Where can people find you on a, on a social media? I'm
2: at Eric J. Edelstein on Instagram. So f- find me there. This was so fun, guys.
1: Yeah, it was, man. This was a
0: blast, man.
2: All I'm right. Sorry. Coming I, back again. Have, it was Carl Tart
1: that, that called Michael Jordan a bitch. <laughs> Our friend <laughs> was we not love.
2: me. <laughs> you no. Know, we love you, Mr. Jordan. We believe in you. All you, right, you know, man. You know how hard it is to hit 202 and double A, sir. You did great. scene Rod Benson at Z that's who you want to see Mr. Jordan
1: thank you for listening to Believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a 5 star rating on your preferred platform
0: check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube